think this might be over Jason Light's pay grade. How do you like that? It's a very uncertain time. A very uncertain time around one buck. Lee, when I'm 73, I'll be slobbering in my uh, tomato soup. He never sat down and he never shut up. Other than that, it was a hell of a night. Bucks fans, here he is, the sage of Tampa Bay sports, Ira Kaufman, the king of Newport Ritchie, Uncle Ira, the custodian of Canton, Mr. Bill Curry Ford himself, the Baron of Big Storm Beer. I'm Steve Isbitz of Joe Bucks Fan. Lee DeKemper of Joe Bucks Fan is here. Ira has a gerbil over there doing some weird things in his cage. Not sure what's happening. Sage, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> I'm out on my patio and I'm uh, ringing in the, the hose and uh, pumping the thing to get my hose back. I'm, I'm good, Steve. It's all done. It's all done. I'm, you have my full attention, Mr. Isbitz. All right. <laughs> Ira has finally put down his hose. And that lets us know that uh, Bill Curry Ford, Bill Curry Ford is the place to be. Bill Curry Ford, get to their website, Bill Curry, C-U-R-R-I-E, Ford.com, concierge ordering service for your new vehicle. Sean Sullivan, the GM, is going to give you $500 just to do it. No deposit. They'll walk you through it. They'll help you every possible way. Cars are now are being delivered, Ira, in four to six weeks. Bill Curry Ford inventory is fantastic. They've got the lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles. They've got tire specials going on, body work, all kinds of stuff. And, of course, the Ira Kaufman discount is always there for you. Bill Curry Ford, just ask for GM Sean Sullivan. Come on in a mile north of Raymond James Stadium. He'll help you personally or call him or email him. His email's right there at the website, Bill Curry Ford billcurryford.com and ira it's official it's official our draft party for the first night of the draft april 27th thursday will be at big storm in ebor now it hasn't opened yet it's going to be opening this month probably around the 15th but big storm ebor we'll have more information about the location and all that but they do have some outdoor seating ira great indoor seating they're open much later it's going to be a whole brand new, really cool thing. I've seen pictures, but that's where the draft party is going to be, Ira. So, you know, a lot of our listeners, they're like, hey, I live out in Brandon. Hey, you know, you coming out to Tampa? Here comes the sage. You know, I hope uh, they can handle a lot of people, Steve. We're expecting a big turnout. We've had some great draft parties in the past. I mean, awesome ones. We've got guests. I know you're trying to line some people up. Ybor City, fantastic location. There's plenty of parking around. We're going we're gonna to have a blast that night. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Really looking forward to seeing some new faces and old faces and a lot of time to promote. Uh, Big Storm's doing it right, and uh, it's a beautiful location. So the Big Storm beer will be flowing, and you should stock up on Big Storm beer for the Super Bowl. You know you're having beer for your Super Bowl party. Why not make it Florida's best craft beer? That is Big Storm beer. And Ira, it's February, and you know what? I mentioned the month because every month it's important to know Florida's Elite Restoration is there for you 24-7. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. You can call them on the phone 24-7. They will be out at your property to give you a free evaluation assessment of that disaster that just came out of nowhere. Flood. Floods are brutal. Fire, wind damage, mold damage, mold. They are licensed mold remediation specialists. All kinds of issues. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. Owner Josh Martin, Ira, hopefully he comes out to the draft party. Big Bucks fan. More important, 14 years he has in the insurance industry as an adjuster. Now he's on your side, and he will battle it out with the insurance companies on your behalf. And uh, he's got 500 bucks for you if you mention 
Joe Bucks fan or Ira Kaufman when you call and get that free assessment. If you end up needing their services, he'll give you $500 toward your deductible or $500 cash back if it's just a repair. Josh is great. He's got a great crew. You know, he's very careful about the people that he picks to work on his team. They can get any job done, small, large. Honest assessment is what you want. Steve, your home's your biggest investment. You, you might fudge around on some other things, but you can't mess around with your house. That's your life savings is poured into it. If you even think you, you might have a small problem, uh, go get it diagnosed from Florida's Elite Restoration. You'll appreciate their honesty. Now, Sage, before we get to Lee, I got to tell everybody, give everybody the behind-the-scenes look. We recorded our podcast. So Tuesday night, we recorded the podcast. I'm getting ready to post it, Final up, finishing touches on the editing, and next thing I know, I get a call from Ira. Tom Brady retired. I'm like, oh, crap, that's going to ruin this podcast. And you know what? I decided to scrap it, Ira, just because we would have had to make so many changes. But we're going to hit on some of the key themes uh, that we touched on there and dive into the new stuff of the day. And, of course, the Sage has yet, not yet reacted to Tom Brady. So I'm going to clear the floor. Steve, the first word that comes to mind for me, and I think most Buck fans, in terms of Brady's announcement, is uh, appreciation. Appreciation that uh, he was in our presence for three years. Now, look, he's not a god, but in football terms, uh, maybe he is. They should probably Lee rename the Super Bowl MVP trophy the Tom Brady Trophy. That has a chance of happening. Some mm. people think they should uh, retire the number 12 in the NFL. I, I don't agree with that. I don't think that I will happen. That too. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that'll happen. But we all know what this franchise was doing before Brady arrived in 2020. The word floundering doesn't do it justice, Lee. 12-year <laughs> uh, playoff drought, longest in football at that point. No reason to believe that anything was going to change. And then Brady decides to become a Buccaneer as a free agent. And what magic, 29 and 10, first two years, been Lombardi Trophy. So that's the first thing, appreciation you know, that we were witnessing greatness right in front of us. You know, if you were a New York Ranger fan and, and Gretzky joined the Rangers near the end of his career, uh, they didn't win a championship. But you were around Wayne Gretzky. It was different. It was different. Joe Montana went to Kansas City. They didn't win a Super Bowl. They got to an AFC title game with them. But you were around Joe Montana. You, you saw it. So those are special moments. Now, Lee, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll turn it to you uh, off this. From a Buck perspective... In one sense, there's clarity, and that is you're no longer clinging to the long shot that Brady's going to come back as a Buccaneer. That's not going to happen. I believe this retirement announcement will stick, Lee. Otherwise, I, I, I think it really hurts his credibility, his legacy. I do. I don't think he'll, he will renege on this one. He went out of his way to say this one's final. I believe him. I think we've seen the last of him. I will never see his type again. So, Lee, there's clarity in that respect from the Buck organization. We don't have him. He's not coming back. Lee, where there's no clarity is, what do we do next? And we're going to spend the next three months talking about it. You know where I stand about this, Lee. Uh, I'm being clear about it. I, I think you use it as an opportunity to retrench a little bit and do what you got to do for the long-term success of the franchise. But, Lee, what a, what a godsend Tom Brady was. In 2020, in the wake of uh, Jameis Winston moving on, and we didn't know what was going to happen with Arians, 
How much longer are we going to have Arians? You know, if he has another uh, losing season. And it all changed in a flash. Very few players can do that. Brady's one of them. Uh, I wish him luck, Lee, in his best uh, endeavors. We'll see what kind of an announcer he'll be. I don't think it's that easy to go from the playing field to the announcing booth. Not everybody can do it. Uh, but uh, appreciation, Lee, for what Brady brought here to this city and uh, salvation for Buck fans. I, you know what you sound like, and, and you know what, everything you said is uh, is right on the money. But you know what, you, you kind of remind me of, like we were at an Irish wake. Like, <laughs> someone you really respected, a good friend, was sick at the end, and, you know, you're having cocktails, and you're honoring him, and you say, hey, he's no longer suffering anymore, we can go to the next step, and and it's like, that's what it sounded like. At least he should have been playing some bagpipes while I was uh, talking. He should have had some bagpipes in the background. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta admit, I'm, I'm kind of like that because probably the most famous line in my mind that you ever you ever spoke, and it's my favorite. Now that Brady's gone, we are peering into the abyss. <laughs> so, I, and so good we have clarity. It's time to turn the page. They have no choice but to turn the page. You know, now the question is, what do the Bucks do? So many tentacles do it. Whether it's Levante David, Ryan Jensen, playoff Lenny, there there's so many tentacles to this decision, and I, I don't think it's overstating it. The spotlight is on Jason Light now, not so much Bulls, but on Jason Light. Sage, I, I got to quibble with you a little bit, mainly because of a timeline here. Derek Carr, he could be released by the Raiders. I believe he's got to be released by February fifteenth. Otherwise, they owe him forty million dollars. And sure, there could be a deal. There are teams that are probably interested in Derek Carr and would make a trade. I don't rule that out at all. But if he's cut, then he's a free agent. I mean, they're free to sign a contract that is Buccaneer friendly and a little bit easier up front. And so we may not be debating this thing uh, for three months, Ira. It may literally be three weeks. I think it would be a mistake. That That's just me. I think it's a mistake. Lee, what good is it? What good is it in the long run? Going nine and eight, and maybe even ten and seven, considering the division with Derek Carr. Maybe you get a playoff spot. Maybe you win the division again. Lee, to me, I always ask one question: Are you or are you not a Super Bowl contender? I don't think the Bucks with Derek Carr are. I think that's the harsh reality. I think those are the discussions that are going on or will be at one buck place. Right now, with ownership, and I'm going to start with ownership because I think they dominate everything in terms of plotting a course for the Bucks. Lee, uh, you, you can't keep filling. There's only one Tom Brady. Derek Carr is not Tom Brady. Not in his wildest dreams, Lee, is Derek Carr Tom Brady. Never was, never will be. Brady's a game changer. He proved it. Derek Carr is the 14th, 16th best quarterback in the league. It's what he is. Can they win a division? Yeah, Lee, I know you, you, you know, you're thinking, well, you get in the playoffs. I, I, I think you got to dream big. I'm not knocking Derek Carr. Lee, he's not bad. He's not bad. He's very durable. Extremely durable. Great quality for a quarterback. The Raiders just dumped him, Lee. They dumped him. They left him on the side of the road. Didn't even play him the last game of the season. Do, do the Raiders have any options at quarterback? They don't have anybody. They dumped him. Uh, I say move on, Lee. Move on. 
I would use the word uh, gratitude about Brady coming yeah. here and yeah. turning the franchise around. And I think a lot of Bucks fans are very grateful. Uh, Steve had a fantastic post this morning where he uh, quoted on NFL, uh, Bill Polian on NFL radio. Was it worth it? You're damn right it's worth it because you can't replace the Super Bowl trophy. That's right. But, Lee, you, you, you agree with me that Derek Carr is not, not Tom Brady. He's just not. Oh, my God. No, nobody's Tom Brady. I mean, unless you're talking Joe Burrow or those guys that aren't available. So, yeah, yeah. Carr's not. Carr's, uh, at best, a second-tier quarterback. At best. Sage, uh, let me throw this at you because it's an important question in the wake of Brady. It really speaks to, Lee mentioned Jason Light in the spotlight and the Glazers. It really speaks to two choices in philosophy. They got to go one direction or another. If you want to draft a franchise quarterback, which is what you are talking about, Ira, the organization has to make a decision. Do we want to draft that guy this year? If it's on our plate, we go all in to get the guy we want. Let's say there's one guy they want. Do they go get the guy they want? If we miss out, okay, there's next year. Or do they say, you know what, let's try to get him next year and forget about it this year. And that's a huge question. Uh, Sean Sullivan, a Joe Bucks fan draft guru, everybody can catch up on his podcast. He's got two breaking down the senior ball prospects and, uh, and of course, the Shrine Game uh, podcast called Best in Class. You can find it on the podcast platforms. Uh, Sean's very much about going to get the guy this year. I am as well. I don't want to wait. Like if there's a guy they evaluate, hey, this guy is on our list of potential franchise quarterbacks, don't wait a year. But Lee, Ira, what do you think they're going to do? I think that's very interesting. I talked to Sean the other day. He, he's very, very adamant about C.J. Stroud. Yeah, he, he loves him. He, he loves him. He's all in on C.J. Stroud. Now, Lee, he's not going to be there at 19. That, that uh, doesn't take a lot to say that. It's not going to happen. There'll be another team that falls in love with C.J. Stroud. Whether it's him or somebody else, in this year's draft, if Jason Lyon and his scouts and Bowles, you know, he's the head coach, he's got to have some sway, and ownership all agree that there's a guy worth moving up for. And Lee, they don't have a lot of draft capital. They don't have, they don't have overwhelming draft capital. They might have to sell off a piece, Lee, and you know what I mean. A good player that's under contract. They might have to include him in a deal. Lee, it's not easy moving up to 19, from 19 to 6. It's not easy. It, no. It's absorbing. They yeah, squeeze it's you. <laughs> they squeeze you, Lee. They squeeze you. But I'm with Steve in that respect. If they really think that there's a guy worth moving up to get, I'm not opposed to it, Lee, because I want that guy. One way or another, I want that guy. Now, Lee... There's a famous line. Uh, there was a show, great show called The Wire on HBO. It was about uh, Baltimore and the cops and everything. <laughs> there was a criminal, and, and they were talking about taking down the big drug kingpin. And the guy came up with a classic line, like, you aim for the king, you best not miss. You aim for the king, yeah. you better not miss. And, Lee, suppose you give up a piece. Now, you know, look, I'm not trying to... Uh, say anything about Mike Evans, but Mike Evans is a nice shiny piece and you might be able to package that with a fourth round pick or something and move up 12 spots. Maybe, maybe not. But Lee, if you do that, you better be right, Lee. You better be right. All the focus is on Jason Light and his talent evaluators. Don't be wrong. You shoot for a Lee, look what happened with Jameis Winston. Now he wasn't a bum, but it turned out that he wasn't a franchise quarterback. 
He wasn't going to be the face of your franchise. It, it didn't happen. And it, it set him back. It set him back till Brady came along. You, you miss on a first-round quarterback, it, it, it's, it's a big miss. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. The Bears, they spent a fortune to get uh, Mitch Trubisky. And yeah. look where they're at. Yeah. They got Justin Fields, but Steve, he's not really the answer. He's not really the answer, I don't think, long-term. And they know it. Oh, I don't think they know that necessarily. I mean, he's he's a really interesting quarterback considering the team he's playing on You know, sucks. I don't know. But who cares about the Bears? But uh, I had to throw that out there philosophically. Uh, Lee, do you have a thought? And I trust Jason Light. If they believe C.J. Stroud's the guy, well, yeah, go get him. But you best be right. I'm of the mind that you sucked up for a year. You collapsed for Caleb. If you're not bad enough to get the first-round pick, you should be in a position where you can get Drake May and it won't cost you as much as this year. So you'll have more pieces to the puzzle to surround May with, with if it's May, whether it be defense, offense, what have you. It won't be as cost prohibitive. Bite the bullet, load up on draft picks. Um, my, what I mean by that is I love Ryan Jensen, but as Steve wrote this morning, it would really suck to see Jensen, a guy like Jensen on a team that's tanking. Same with playoff Lenny. Uh, that's the way I'd rather go with that. And, and also, and this is just me, I like C.J. Stroud too, but I don't think he's the – he has impressed me as being the no-doubt-about-it kind of guy, like a Burrow or a Mahomes or something like that. Caleb Williams just blows my mind how good that guy is. Although, I don't know if you guys know the story. I do because I watch a lot of college football. Why he decided to tattoo his fingernails or paint his fingernails F-U-C-K, Utah, and then had their doors blown up by Utah. Really? You know, so that makes me wonder a little bit about Caleb Williams. Drake May, I know Dan Orlovsky slobbers over him, and, and, and for good reason. Those are two guys, I think, that are game changers. I don't know if C.J. Stroud's a game changer. I could be dead wrong, you know, and I'll trust Jason Light. Steve, I want to I, I, I want to give it up for DeKemper right now. Uh, Uh-oh. And I want our uh, listeners to, to realize, and we haven't mentioned it, that uh, Lee DeKemper's talking to us from Sin City, Vegas. Uh, and he's out there, and he's going to talk uh, to some people about the Buccaneers uh, uh, this week, including a Buccaneer player. Steve, somewhere on this flight from Tampa to Vegas a few days ago, it, it might have been over uh, Albuquerque. Who knows? The Kemper came around to the Kaufman Doctrine. I think it's a beautiful thing. Steve, you are the holdout. And I think Joe Bucks fans should be in the forefront of trying to shape the Bucks of philosophy. Steve, you cannot stomach the idea of having a bad season. You can't take it, Isbitz. You can't take it. You can't handle it. You think this roster is, is teaming with pro bowlers? I disagree. Old team, slow team. Yeah, there's six or seven really talented players. But every team has that, Lee. Some teams have 12 to 15 of them. The Bucks don't. Steve, you can't handle the truth. The Bucks have to go back to go forward, Steve. All right. Now that I know what the Kaufman doctrine is, <laughs> I wasn't really <laughs> sure. Ira, no, I can't stomach a bad or a terrible season without a guarantee of something on the other side. That's where I fall apart, Ira, because there is no guarantee of a bad season. We've seen, literally seen it this year and in past years, teams try to tank and fail. Okay, and now I'm the number nine pick in the draft, and there's three quarterback needy teams ahead of me, 
and I'm screwed. And there's two good quarterbacks out there. So then, then I'm stuck. And I don't, I don't want to do that. And I also am not confident that the Bucks would flat out really go all into tank if they were going to do that. As in, I'm talking about signing a quarterback that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. You know, like, like, a, like a Marcus Mariota, as an example. <laughs> I, I would be totally against that. I'd be totally Well, why? Why you just um, said you can stop? How do we know? How do we know Trask is terrible? We don't. We don't know that. Well, exactly. We if that. I'm trying to tank, why would I want to play Kyle Trask? He might be pretty good. He has some connection already. Two years playing with some of these targets, so that certainly helps. And he knows the linemen. And if he gets you to six and ten or seven, excuse me, six and eleven or seven ten, you are screwed. No, you're not. Yes, no, you are, Ira. That, that's not good enough. Lee, Steve just said, well, what if Trask turns out to be pretty good? Lee, if that happens, you're in a lot better shape than you are right now. You don't know anything about Kyle Trask. That's Let's very find true. out about if, Kyle Trask. If Trask turns out to be this uh, manna from heaven, then yeah, then you, you got all these draft picks you would have otherwise traded up for. You've got them in your pocket now to use on uh, players. My, now, my point was, Ira, is that is a good chance that Trask is just good enough to get you beat. You know, or like he's Derek Carr, to use your analogy. Isn't that the the goal to get beat? (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is if he turns out to be a guy that isn't the guy that you're looking for and you're stuck in the middle, that that's a problem. So I don't know. I, I, I'm no, I'm not big on losing Ira. I'm just not big on it. You want to restructure and, and all that, but to, to try to flat out, pull the rug out in a terrible division is you got to be really, really know what the hell you're doing. And I don't know how skilled Jason light is at tanking. Uh, he did it once before, but I'm not sure they meant to do it. Lee, I've never used the word tanking. I've never used it. I just said, let's sign out about Trask. And look, Lee, somebody's going to say, Oh, you're a hypocrite. Ira, Cause you said the bucks will never transition from Tom Brady to Kyle Trask. I did say that Lee. I've said it many times. But that was under the assumption that Brady was leaving off a good season for the Bucks, and that they were still a good or very good team. That's no longer the case, Lee. So things have changed, and that's why I don't think I'm being a hypocrite by saying, hey, let's take a look at Kyle Trask. This is not the same team, Lee, as they were two years ago. It's just not. No, guys not are, even close. And you know what the... The fly in the ointment is about going out and getting a quarterback. You think Todd Bowles wants a rookie quarterback? I'm not leaving it up to Todd Bowles, Lee. I'm not leaving it up to Todd Bowles. Because I'm, I'm, the way I look at it, Bowles is probably thinking if he doesn't win this year, he's gone. Or at least he should think that. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. And I don't mean I don't mean that to be ornery or mean or anything. I just if you're Todd Bowles, you. You have to know that the Glazers aren't comfortable with two losing seasons. Now, granted, Bulls won a division. It's like a half dozen in one hand and six in the other. You can argue, hey, he won a division. He had a losing season. If they win a division title, Steve, with Trask, which is not impossible, I, I, I don't think Bulls could be fired, Steve, at that point. I mean, if he wins a division with, with Trask, I, I, I think he'd have a little uh, security at that point, a little. Oh, of course. Of course he would, Ira. I mean, how, how could he not? I mean, it would be a little bit goofy. And, you know, history says division a division isn't going to be miserable two consecutive years. Somebody will emerge uh, right. with 
you know, with a better team and then how that goes. But interesting argument. The Buccaneers are over the salary cap. They'll get some relief. They'll redo Tom Brady's contract. So they cut him later and divide it up, divide up the hit a little bit. But however you slice it, they will be with a bunch of free agents, big names, Levante David, Jamel Dean, other guys, and they will um, be over the cap and have to make some decisions and look to restructure and make some really hard decisions, maybe some trades if something's worthwhile. And they still have to pay a quarterback unless they go with a rookie or Kyle Trask. So a lot of decisions, Ira. And Lee, one decision that came up in the podcast that wasn't, uh, that Ira and I had a really good discussion on. Uh, but first, let me uh, remind everybody, Bill Curry Ford, Bill Curry Ford, family-owned, 60-something years, right there in Tampa. They do so much charity work, and they've got so many incredible offers, BillCurryFord.com. Lee, Ira and I talked about Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting. Ira and I agreed that there's no way the Bucks keep Jamel Dean. Teams don't have two number one salary cornerbacks on their team. Uh, there's no way that the Bucks will not uh, re-up uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. with his contract around the corner, and they'll make him a top-paid safety. And we believe they'll just move on. And Todd Bowles has proven that he can develop corners. Maybe they keep Sean Murphy bunting if the price is right. But Iris says goodbye, Logan Ryan. Goodbye, Jamel Dean. Maybe Sean Murphy bunting. And we, I agree with him. Where do you stand? Well, I, I didn't factor in Antoine Winfield's salary, and that's going to be a big salary. So I, I didn't think of that, and that changes my view. I, you know, initially I thought it's either Levante David or Jamel Dean. And I even wrote that for a, a stories on JoeBucksFan.com that, you know, Levante, as much as I love him, he's 33. Jamel Dean's 26. To me, that's a no-brainer. It's Dean. But I didn't factor in, and I never thought of Antoine Winfield's contract. You could argue he's their best defensive back. Um, am I outrageous by saying that, Ira? You could argue it. Uh, I, I'd like to see a little more consistency. I think Winfield's a better player than uh, Carlton Davis. But, Lee, when you're paying Davis all that money, I, I think it's tough uh, to bring uh, Dean uh, back because, Lee, yeah. a lot of people have him as, as the top free agent cornerback available, the top yeah. one. He's going to be expensive. So, Sean Murphy Bunting, I, I like him personally, and I know this is not irritating Steve. I always have to preface that. Because you hate him! Whenever you say something bad about somebody, I don't hate anybody. The only guy I remember hating, who was that dirtbag cornerback, the Buck Scott from San Francisco, that, that dodged a, a rape in uh, college. And not, the Sean, not the Sean Goldson. Not the Sean no, no, Goldson. No, 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 no. This guy, this guy was a dirtbag cornerback. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Really, yeah. Really, really, really dark guy, man. And that, yeah. that guy I didn't like. But he's the only guy in the Bucks I've never not liked. Well, I had a run-in with uh, Godster Chairless once, but I don't hate the guy. But everybody, <laughs> and, you know, you know, people are you, honest critique of people freak out. You hate him? No, I don't. But Sean Murphy Bunting, at times he looks Pro Bowl like. I'm serious. Those are too few. Those elements are too few. You know. But too often he's inconsistent. Too often he's dinged up. You could probably keep him at somewhat cheap salary, but you better have a decent backup ready to rock and roll. And I don't know if uh, Zion McCollum is ready yet. Steve, I got a quick question for you. Um, how much of your inclination, Steve, your inclination maybe to explore a Derek Carr or a Garoppolo? Steve, how, how much of that is based on how lousy this division is? 
at the moment. Well, let me clarify. I have, I have no interest in Garoppolo. Too brittle, <laughs> too brittle, and uh, not as good as Carr. Carr is very durable. I just think teams find ways to turn it around quickly, and I don't trust the Bucks. Is really what it comes down to. I don't trust the Bucks to nail the draft as far as their ability to score a top quarterback. I think there's too much competition. Man, I think competition can fall out of the sky when it comes to quarterbacks. Look at the way the Colts got Andrew Luck. That really wasn't planned. You know, they had a good team and they lost their their quarterback for a year. There's a lot of quarterback needy teams and a lot of guys near the end of their career. The Rams could be looking uh, looking at that situation coming up as well soon let alone a lot of other clubs. So I just don't trust them. And I think Carr is versatile. You know, I think they might find a match as far as a coordinator match, but I'm not set on Derek Carr. I mean, if uh, Todd Munkin comes in here and is like, I like Baker Mayfield. I worked with him. I've stayed in touch with him. I think we can do it and he'll come cheap. Let's go. I don't, I I, I wouldn't cry about that either. Speaking of Carr and and maybe some of these other uh, potential quarterbacks, the competition is going to, it's fierce. Just look at the NFC South. They don't have any quarterbacks. And there's another half dozen teams looking for quarterbacks. I mean, uh, this is a quarterback uh, needy league right now. It is. Oh, absolutely. And I I got to ask you something a little earlier that you said uh, as a follow-up question. You know, I was talking to you. You know, I don't think Bowles wants a rookie quarterback because he knows his back may be up against the wall. And you said Bowles shouldn't even be involved in that decision. Well, if you're the head coach and the ownership and general manager locks you out of the room when they're deciding the quarterback, I mean, if I was head coach, I'd say, you know, F you guys, I'm out of here. If you think that little of me, fire me now. Uh, I, I just, it's too big a decision. It's too big a decision. I think this might be over Jason Light's pay grade. How do you like that? I'm being serious here. Being well, I, serious. I know you are. And, and you're not wrong because lest we forget, that's why Chucky was fired. The Glazers told Chucky in his end-of-the-season review, go get a rookie quarterback in development. And he basically told him, you know, get your noses out of my football business. And a couple hours later, bye bye Chucky. So Uh, I don't disagree whatsoever with you, Ira. I absolutely believe the Glazers are probably telling like, you got to get a quarterback, as in draft one. This is where the Glazers come in. They come in and picking a head coach, and they lead the way in that regard uh, almost all the time. And they've got a checkered history in that regard. Some good, some bad. In plotting the direction of the franchise. Like they did in 2009. They were the ones that orchestrated the veteran purge. Came from ownership. This is what we're going to do. Derek Brooks, I'm sorry, but we're releasing you. That took guts. Of course, it ushered in a lot of bad years of football. It did. But that's because they couldn't land a quarterback. They thought they had one in Freeman. It didn't work out, Steve. didn't work out. One glorious season, 2010, and a lot of garbage. Wasn't so, too glorious. They didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> that's right. They didn't, and they didn't make the playoffs. Steve, this is all on ownership. This is the Glazer time, and they got to show some leadership here. Well, Ira, look, there's a lot of directions they could go. If they put Kyle Trask as the quarterback, if they say, let's go with him, and they bring in a, a backup in here that he can learn from. You know, not that he didn't learn plenty from Tom Brady, but maybe you bring in an Andy Dalton or something as his right. backup and let him right. learn and uh, play Trask, but don't hang him out to dry. I mean, keep Jensen, 
get a running back. If he's if you don't think Trask is the answer, then at least you have those pieces in place for the next quarter quarterback coming in. I would hope they would do it that way and spend their money on offense and then uh, make their tough decisions financially on defense. But then that doesn't really make sense. Like I've said before, Todd Bowles spent four years building an excellent defense and you're just going to tear it down. Uh, it doesn't speak well to his influence, which you're sort of saying he doesn't have much influence right now. Well, Lee, speaking of uh, Jason Light, Lee, why wouldn't Jason Light want to go with Kyle Trask? Why wouldn't he? If, if Trask turns out to be good, that is a tremendous feather in Light's cap. That's true, but here's the thing about Trask. Oh, by the way, some of the guys responsible for getting Trask in here, Arians, I'm going to guess Leftwich had to say, they're out of here. They are, but, you know, look, Light, Light's the GM. Lee, I don't think the Glazers were involved necessarily in Kyle Trask being a second-round pick. I, I don't think they're too busy with Brady in Manhattan <laughs> over in London. Yeah, I don't think they're that handsy. Steve, I'm, I'm going to give that one to Light, for better or for worse. And right now, we don't know. We don't know. And, and I'll say this, too, Steve, to be fair. If Trask is not the guy, I'm not going to jump on Jason Light for missing a second-round pick. I'm not going to do that. And I don't think the Glazers would hold it against them either. Sage, uh, Sean King, former Bucks quarterback, said that if Trask was really wowing people behind the scenes, if he was really kicking ass and looked like a future starter, and King said he was not impressed by the little bit he saw from Trask against um, the Falcons. Sean King said if he was special, it would have leaked out by now. Do you buy that? I don't know if I buy that. Sean King says a lot of things, Lee. You, you, uh, you follow him pretty closely. He said some crazy stuff. Look, I'm not saying Trask is lighting it up in training camp, Lee. I'm not saying that or in the preseason. But I don't think we can make a, a fair judgment on Trask. Now, let me see him for six, eight games with the bullets flying this fall. And, and, and I'll see if there's enough to work with. Lee, I don't expect a polished product in, in 2023. But, Lee, I, I think you and I would have an idea of whether, you know, what's the ceiling for this guy? What's he got? Does he have anything? that a good coordinator or quarterback coach can work with. Lee, right now, he's a big unknown. I don't necessarily agree with Sean King at that uh, about that point. Ira, is it fair to say the Bucks don't have an offensive coordinator now because of the indecision at quarterback? I think that is fair. I think that is fair. Look at what happened with the Dallas guy, Lee. Look at what happened. What happened? He got Buck fans excited for about 24 hours. Oh, <laughs> we're going to get Kellen Moore. We're going to get this guy. And then, Lee, what does he do? He ski daddles. He ski daddles to the Chargers. And why wouldn't he, Lee? Why wouldn't he? Yeah, he the, job security, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. And, and Lee, if he was going to interview with the Bucks, and he's asking Todd Bowles, who, who's your quarterback, what, what the hell was Bowles going to tell him? I shrug his shoulders. So, you know, it, it's a tough situation. Now, there's a lot of competition, you know, now for Munkin. That's no sure thing that they can get Munkin. Baltimore is interested in him. They got Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think they'll franchise Jackson. I don't think they'll let him go. And now it's up to Munkin whether he thinks he can work with Jackson. And, and again, when he has the interview with the Bucks and he had one, Steve, what the heck are they telling him about the situation on the center? Uh, I well, guess at that point, Brady hadn't retired, but 
there was no reason to think Munkin thought that Brady was going to be a buck. Hey, Ira, hey, Ira, maybe they're telling him what uh, you told us, which is, hey, the Glazers will be back next week. They are, they're in charge. Grab a soda and we'll chat a little bit. <laughs> it's a very uncertain time, Lee, a very uncertain time around one buck. Hey, hey, Sage, what made what made things even more uncertain? A report came out today that uh, the Dolphins are paying Vic Fangio four and a half million dollars a year to be a defensive coordinator. Don't you think that just raised Munkin's price tag, especially if he has multiple suitors? Munkin's sitting in the catbird seat, Lee, because he's got a good job, a really good job. He doesn't have to leave, Lee. If there's a, a, a great opportunity that he's interested in, he'll pursue it. If not, he'll be very happy to return to Georgia and, uh, and wait his turn for the next time around. Interesting to me about uh, Todd Munkin is, to my knowledge, the only two teams he talked to both have uncertainty at quarterback. And yeah. it's almost smelling to me like it's a it's a contract ploy. It's like, mean, hey, Georgia, I, I, like, yeah. I like you, and, and I'd like to stay there, but, you know, these NFL teams are offering me X amount. You know, let me wet my beak. <laughs> it could be, Lee. It could be. Although, you know, working with Lamar Jackson potentially could uh, be very enticing for Munkin. But, you, Lee, you make a good point. Hey, Georgia, Georgia officials, Georgia Booster Club, the NFL wants me. Uh, how bad do you want me? That could be happening. And just by the way, just so people uh, understand, Munkin, per USA Today, uh, last season, last season meaning 2022, was the highest paid assistant coach in college football yes. at $2.1 We'll be doing some more reflecting on Brady. I've got some other things, but we wanted to get this podcast in. As you know, we're on a bit of a hard out. Uh, Lee's got a, a, a craps table to visit. And uh, uh, Ira, I'll give you uh, two minutes here to uh, say goodbye and tell us uh, what happened at the Springsteen concert that you were so excited to go to. Did you find a 55-year-old uh, pawing at you uh, uncontrollably uh, from behind your seat? I mean, what happened, Ira? Well, uh, a solid B plus, Lee. Solid B plus, not an A. Give him a couple of demerits. Uh, Lee he didn't sing "Thunder Road." I don't know if you ever heard of that song, but it, it's kind of his signature song. He didn't sing it. He's famous for talking to the audience. You know, he tells these stories going into songs. He didn't do that. He made no mention of Tom Brady, which I just can't believe. Certainly, he was aware of it, and he's aware that he's speaking to a Tampa audience. He's not in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. He, he's in Tampa. Uh, on the night, you know, of the day that Brady retired, he never mentioned it. Two hours and 40 minutes late. Solid B plus. Packed house. Not an empty seat. Nothing. Um, and uh, good time was had by all. He's in Atlanta, I think, um, maybe tonight. And then Orlando, uh, Sunday night. But being at the uh, first stop on the entire tour, kind of historic. Uh, everybody felt that way. This might be his last tour. I know Lee could care less, but... Lee, 73 years old, you know, and, and, he, and he's still doing it. You know, you got to respect that. Lee, when I'm 73, I'll be slobbering in my uh, tomato soup. And I'll be lucky <laughs> to lift a spoon. <laughs> so, hey, hey, Ira, what kind of story was this? Did, did you smuggle in any whiskey or joints or what was going on there? There might have been a gummy involved, uh, Steve. Could have been a gummy. You, you, you never know. The crowd was uh, frenetic. Uh, the guy next to me, you know, by himself. Uh, looked like he was about 27 years old, weighed about 280. He never sat down. This kid never sat down. He also, Lee, I know this would drive you crazy at a Van Halen show. He sang at the top of his lungs 
to every song. Now, <laughs> do I want to hear this nut who's sitting in seat 13, section 101, or, or do I want to hear the guy that I just paid hundreds of dollars to see? But that's what goes on. He never sat down, and he never shut up. Other than that, it was a hell of a night. <laughs>